You seen what's going on in New York today? Holy cow. Uh, They're talking about, um, I mean, subways are flooded out, streets are flooded. Uh, It's that uh, tropical storm Elsa that has moved into the region. But they're saying the rainfall that hit New York City last night is a top 10 rain event in the city of New York. And it is way, way early uh, in the summer for this kind of severe weather. Hurricane season usually starts much, much later than it does. The latest example of extreme weather. Uh, We've lived it here in our part of the world. As you know, last week we saw temperature records fall across Western Canada. We know what happened in Lytton, Alberta. They set the national record um, for hottest temperature ever recorded in Canada for three consecutive days, and then essentially the town caught fire. Um, and much of it burned down. But we're, they were almost 50 degrees in Linton, B.C. last week. So um, we're seeing some extreme weather. And, of course, um, there's the discussion around climate change. Is this an example of climate change? We've always been told you can't look at one specific event and call it climate change. But maybe in this instance, there's enough indicators to say, you know what? You can. Um, there is a report out now that was put together by a group of scientists from around the world um, examining this heat wave that hit, well, Western Canada, parts of the Western United States last week, examining all of the different factors that went into it, and um, what does it mean? Is it an example that we can point to of climate change and something we can expect to see more of in the future? So let's get some details on it now. Dr. Farron Anslow is joining us now. He's the, uh, this doctor is the lead of climate analysis and monitoring at the Pacific Climate Impacts Consortium. Uh, doctor, thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Good morning, Shay. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. Okay, so this report. First of all, let's talk about how it was put together. Uh, international scientists, people from all around the world looked at the data? Yeah, that's right. Um, there's a group um, that basically now specializes in doing this kind of event attribution, um, trying to get the science out as soon as as possible after the event hit, uh, just, to, just to raise awareness and get the science ball rolling uh, quickly. But yeah, big group of 27 of us. So when you take a look at um, all the different factors, I mean, obviously the temperatures are what stand out to laymen like myself, you know, with almost 50 degrees in Lytton, BC. But what other kind of data do you analyze in putting together a report like this? Um, yeah, there's, we, we look at weather records um, all over Western Canada um, and the Western United States as well. They, they suffered quite a lot, um, quite extremely. And then we also look at um, climate model data, uh, basically use that data to compare uh, what we call a, a, you know, a hypothetical um, case where we didn't have any greenhouse gas emissions versus the present case where we do um, and seeing what the difference in the climate is between those two things. So when we take a look at what went into what happened last week, um, what kind of factors led to that intense heat, record-breaking heat? Um, there was the the heat dome that I think a lot of people heard about. Um, it was this really strong ridge of high pressure. Um, you know, it extended all the way from Oregon northward, um, even actually reaching into California and up into Yukon and Northwest Territories. And that was that was the big player. It, it kind of sat over our region. It it capped um, basically kept the hot air in. Uh, you have a feature under those high-pressure systems where the air is descending from high elevation, and that uh, descending air gets hotter as it moves closer to the Earth's surface. Um, and then it just keeps any other weather systems from intruding um, and allows those temperatures to warm. 
And then additionally, it happened right during the longest days of the year. Yeah. And we think that might be a big factor. You know, we just have these, especially there in Edmonton, you have these really long days, um, lots of sunshine coming in. Yeah, and it, and it just didn't cool off. Um, now, could this not just be a coincidence? Why are we saying this is an example of climate change? I mean, I understand it's extreme and it's unprecedented, but um, we've always been told you don't look at one specific instance and attribute that to climate change, right? It has to be a long-term projection when you look at climate change. Why in this case are we tying this to climate change? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, so this this field is is pretty new and developing. Um, you know, <laughs> as soon as a couple weeks um, couple weeks ago, just before the event happened, um, I gave an interview and and I was trying to answer the question of if it's climate change. And I was I basically said, you know, we're not going to know until we do do a lot of analysis. And then I got wrapped up in this team that that specializes in that kind of analysis. Um, but it is it's a budding area of research. Um, and like any science, um, there's going to be a bit of uncertainty here. Uh, all that said, um, I'm quite convinced that this is an extreme, very extreme event. Um, just looking at the temperature records that we have uh, going back into the 1800s in some cases, um, there's just this huge step change in the the annual maximum temperatures uh, that we see. It's it's less so in Alberta. Um, I think by the time, I mean, even though people in Alberta I'm sure they weren't comfortable during the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as the heat dome kind of migrated over there, it was starting to weaken a little bit, and so the temperatures weren't as extreme. Uh, but here in, in B.C. and uh, Washington and Oregon, um, the temperatures were just, just way off the chart. Um, so, yeah, so, it's you know, there's going to be some uncertainty. These numbers will probably change a little bit, um, but I think it's very unlikely that um, we'll come to a different conclusion here with this. And, you know, and when we talk about climate change, part of it is more extreme weather events, right? Like the heat dome, like the top 10 all-time rainfall in New York that's happening right now. I mean, it's not its not necessarily every day is going to be hotter. It, it, it can also mean more extreme weather examples happening more often, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, simultaneously with this event, um, there's, you know, heat wave in Siberia. Um, California has been suffering. They're about to get another massive heat wave there. Um, so we, and all these things are things that we expect with climate change. They're kind of the, the you know, the events that form the fingerprint of climate change. And when we start to see those events that uh, we also see in the models, that gives us better confidence that climate change is, is in effect right now. And heat waves are, are one of the most certain um, outcomes of climate change. Um, we already know the temperature is getting warmer, um, and that comes along with extreme temperatures, um, which in this case, you know, the, the record-breaking temperatures actually increased faster than the, the rate of temperature change for the whole globe. So even though we're only excuse me, 1.2 degrees warmer than the kind of pre-industrial or early industrial era. Um, You know, we're seeing extreme heat that's two degrees higher. So we're kind of getting this additive effect um, in the extreme. Um, Like, I'm on board with the climate change, and the extreme weather events are enough to show me that that something is changing. And I'm not, but I'm wondering, like, when we talk about these records that were set in Alberta and in BC and things like that, most of them we're talking about were breaking records that were set in 19, 
I think it was 1914, for the hottest temperature ever in Edmonton. And we came close to breaking it, but we didn't quite get there. So when we're talking about that, when we go back over 100 years, what was happening then? Like if if what we're seeing right now is so extreme and that's caused by climate change, what was happening back when the the records were originally set that that wasn't climate change? I mean, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Yeah, so, you know, these... These events in the in the climate system, there's there's a random element to it. Um, so you know you, you go a large number of years without getting any kind of hot weather. Yeah. Um, you know it really goes up and down. And you know one of the things that we found in the paper is that kind of in the present climate, um, this is a one in a thousand year event. Um, and what that means is, you know, there's this kind of it's very unlikely, but it is possible. And we we also found that with climate change, this is much more likely of an event to have happened. Uh, but what that means is it doesn't mean that it was impossible in the past. Mm-hmm. And so it was probably happening in in the you know the nineteen teens when these earlier records were set. Um, probably quite similar. Um, so the weather patterns, and we found that in the paper that were associated with this didn't really look any different, um, you know, getting a big high-pressure system that sits over the region um, is not not unusual at all. Um, just deciding that kind of amp- amplifying effect, but, you know, in the past there always is this, this chance of getting these really extreme temperatures. Um, the, other, the other side of that coin is with, with uh, cold temperatures in the wintertime, you know, as as you all know, in the prairies, you occasionally still set record low temperatures. Yeah. With climate change, you may think, well, how can that happen? We're warming. Like, how are we breaking below? But, um, you know, there's 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 always this kind of random chance in in your your weather, basically. And what climate change does, it just kind of stacks the deck in favor of warmer temperatures. It doesn't eliminate the possibility of, of colder temperatures until you reach a certain, you know, a certain threshold. Eventually, you know, the Arctic is going to warm quite a bit to make it, make it very hard to get those really cold temperatures. But, um, yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, like, and, and like I say, and I'm just playing devil's, devil's advocate here, it can be a random event. As you said, we, we can see record cold and we can see record heat. I'm just wondering if you can help me um, why this one, what's changed in terms of, and, and I know I asked you this question before, maybe I just missed it, uh, but why is this one, okay, this is a result of climate change, when other extreme events, like when it hits minus 40 next winter, we're going to say, well, that's not, a, that's, not an, you know, that's not global warming. That's, you know what I mean? That's just one day. Why is this, what's the difference here? Yeah. Um, I mean, one, of, one of the big things here is the, the scale of the event. Um, you know, it, it was set record over a, a very large area. So mm-hmm. that, that's one thing. Um, and the other thing is... Um, you know, there. I guess I guess we can't get away from the fact that there's, you know, there there is variability in the climate system. Um, but what we see is the vast majority of stations are continually setting new high records, and that you know aligns perfectly with what we expect uh, with the changing climate. Um, and you know, the ironic thing is with with the cold temperatures. Um, you know, one example uh, that we uh, haven't yet or may not be able to link to climate change, um, but 
kind of is consistent with climate change is the, the extreme cold that Texas saw last, um, I guess it was, was it earlier this year? Mm. Um, you know, they had that, that cold event, uh, January, February, um, that caused a lot of disruption. Um, and one of the effects of climate change is, seems to be this um, kind of wavier, slower jet stream. And that allows these cold temperatures to penetrate further south. So a place like Texas, where the all-time lows, you know, aren't going to be minus, you know, minus 40 or equivalent to what the prairies have. Yeah. Um, you get you get an intrusion of cold cold air there, and it's it's going to set records. Um, so those those things are consistent with climate change, even even though if they don't, you know, they don't make intuitive sense. Doc, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for the insight. All right, thanks a lot, Shay. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. That is Dr. Farron Anslow, the lead of climate analysis and monitoring at the Pacific Climate Impacts Consortium.